we have a crisis in the world, tremendous crisis, and also crisis in our consciousness, in us. I see the urgency of change, radical revolution, mutation in the mind. I see it. It is necessary. There is complete quietness of the mind, and that which is silent has vast space. Only then that which is nameless comes into being. This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti podcast. Knowing you are going to die, there is fear, and you have the comforting hope of reincarnation. You have never inquired what it is that reincarnates, but there is that hope. Hello and welcome to episode 153 of Urgency of Change. This week's theme is reincarnation. Each episode of the Krishnamurti podcast is compiled from carefully chosen extracts from our archives, representing different approaches to the many fundamental issues we all face in our lives. Upcoming topics are unity, innocence and facts. This is a podcast from Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. Please visit our website at kfoundation.org where you can find a growing collection of in-depth articles on Krishnamurti's teachings, along with key topics and a wide selection of quotes. Our online store stocks all available Krishnamurti books and ships worldwide. You can also find our regular quotes and videos on Instagram, TikTok and Facebook at Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review or rating on Apple Podcasts, which helps our visibility. This week's episode on reincarnation has four sections. The first extract is from the third question and answer meeting in Sanan, 1983, titled, What is it that is going to be reborn? What does death mean to you? Why to me? What does it mean to you? Much more important. You understand? What does life, the living, and coming to the end of it, what does it mean to you? If you believe in reincarnation, you know what that means? If you believe in reincarnation, that is, you born next life, and if you have lived rightly, correctly, happily, your next life you have a better chance to reach the higher ladder. Right? You understand? But those people who believe <coughs> in reincarnation, 
live like ordinary other people, fighting, quarrelling, aggressive, mean, right? Vicious, violent, but that belief in reincarnation has very little meaning, but is very comforting. Now, inquire into it. What is it that's going to be reborn? You understand? Suppose you believe in reincarnation, as some of you may do. I don't know why, it may be comforting, but when you begin to examine that which is to be reborn, what is that? Is it permanent soul? Permanent something that is beyond time? If it is of time, that is not permanent. Right? So, what is it that is going to be reborn? <coughs> Your tendency? Your idiosyncrasies? Your experiences? Decay dies, and next life he's born again. Poor chap. Hmm? <coughs> and what is that K? What is it you who are you? What are you? A series Could we ask that dog to be quiet for a while? Who are you? Actually, not theoretically, play around with a lot of ideas that you are a Atman, that you are there is God in you, that's all the activity of thought, right? So what are you? You are your experiences, right? You are what you have acquired as knowledge. You are the whole movement of memories, aren't you? Or don't like that? Or you like to think that there is something marvellous in you? Which all that's absurd, I won't go even discuss it. The fact is, you are nothing but I, I mustn't use nothing but that's wrong. You are a whole series of movements of memories. Right? Examine it, please. Don't agree. Look at it. You are not if you have no memory. Right? If a certain operation takes place in the brain, then you lose your memories, you become a vegetable. Yes, you know. Right? The speaker has been in a hospital in California, in America, where they have done all this, I have watched it. Horrible. 
So, you are the tradition, the collective memories, the communal family tradition, the tradition of your country, all the memories, right? You are all that. And if you die, you want all this memory to go on? What are memories? Things that have gone, remember something that has been happy, pleasurable, or something you are longing for, right? It's all a movement of the past as memories modified and going on, right? So what does death mean? You, as an individual, coming to an end, right? Physically coming to an end. But psychologically, you say, no, that's not quite so. I am more than my body. I am more than my thought. I am more than any reaction. Right? Are you? I, I know. Tradition says you are. And you like the idea you are also, you are more than all this business. So you cling to that. And you hope the more will be born next life, in a better house, greater power, greater position, nearer God. You understand? All this is a matter of belief and thought. Right? Thought has also invented belief. Because in believing in something gives you great comfort. Right? So, if you like that kind of stuff, carry on. And millions do. Right? And those others say, well, life has been jolly good if you are successful, or life has been terrible miserable, unhappy, and I'm glad to die. Right? And before dying, all the agony of illness. Right? Long, prolonged years of illness. Sustained by the doctors to keep the thing going. Right? This is our life. This is the way we all live. And we are frightened of death, coming to an end. Though you believe in reincarnation, but you are jolly well frightened of death. You can't carry everything with you, but you like to have it last minute. You understand? 
If you have a lot of money, you like to have it at the last minute, though you know you can't carry it with you. So this is what we call living and dying. Right? Why do we give so much importance to the after? What happens after death? Why? Is it not far more important what is happening before death? You understand? You understood what I'm saying? Not what happens after, but what is happening during the long years of living, struggling, pain, anxiety, depression, suffering, loneliness that you all go through, right? Isn't that more important to consider whether that all that can be changed, all that can be ended, that rather than go on talking about what happens after death? You understand? Suppose I am attached to my family, Suppose, I have no family, thank God, but suppose I'm attached to my family, my wife, my children, my house, my uh, furniture. Death comes along through accident, disease, or natural weariness. Death comes along, says, you can't take it with you, right? You understood? I'm attached to, a, to an idea, to a belief, to a concept, to an ideal, or I'm attached to a furniture, to a house, to a family, and so on. Death means the ending of all that. Though I may believe, I'll, all that I'll have next life with my brother, with my sister, you follow? Is it possible to end all that while, live, while living? Is that a concrete? You've understood what I say? While I'm living, is it possible not to be attached to a single thing? to my furniture, to my house, to my experience, to my books, to my reputation, to my nonsense, you follow all that, end all that instantly. That is death. Right? Come on. What is wonderful? It is wonderful if you do it. If you don't do it, just a lot of words. So what we are saying is this. Death with the body, with all the accumulated memories, brings to an end, unless you believe, of course, in the other. Reincarnation, you are a something which is permanent, that's going to, which is all. 
all that is an invention of thought. So, is it possible to end while I'm living, while one is living, to be free entirely of all attachment? Attachment to your guru, attachment to your ideas, experience, right? So that's what death is going to do. So, while living, the ending means in living with death. You understand what I'm saying? No, no, you don't. I don't know. You. No, sir, you don't. Ending. If you end smoking, Right? You have a habit of smoking, suppose, and you end it. Though the body demands nicotine and all that kind of stuff, end it. Because that's what's going to happen when you die. And you are clinging to some experience, to some memory. So that your brain is new, fresh. Clear. Not burdened with all this rubbish, garbage. Memories are garbages. I know. So live living is to live is to live with death all the time. You understand? Do it, sir. Do one thing that you hold most precious. End that. Not I must end it, I'm, how am I to end it, and tell me how the way to end it, or take a drug to end it. End it, because you see, death means that. <coughs> so it's possible to live a life which means a life of freedom. And therefore, a life of love. Because love is not attachment. Love is not jealousy. A mind that is burdened with all kinds of stuff, a brain that's all kinds of problems, is not capable of affection, love. Understand, sir, the beauty of it, living, and the things you are attached to, ending, so that, so that you are really understand the depth of freedom.
The second extract is from the third question and answer meeting in Ojai, 1980, titled Ending Conflict Now is Far More Important Than Reincarnation. Would you please make a definitive statement? about the non-existence of reincarnations since increasing scientific evidence in quotes is now being accumulated to prove reincarnation as a fact. I am concerned because I see large number of people beginning to use this evidence to further strengthen the belief a belief system they already have, which enables them to escape facing the problems of living and dying. Isn't it your responsibility to be clear, <laughs> direct and unequivocal on this matter instead of hedging around the issue? <laughs> will be very definite. <laughs> so this idea of reincarnation has existed long before Christianity. Right? The Hindus, the ancient Hindus, talked about it. I must tell you a lovely story, but this is going on. And it is prevalent, or almost actual, in India, and probably in the Asiatic world. They believe in reincarnation. Now, what is it that incarnates? You understand? Not only now, incarnating now, but reincarnating. You follow me? That's one point. Second, this idea of reincarnation being proved scientifically as an evidence, so that people can escape through that, the question implies, and the question also says, I am concerned because people are escaping. Right? Are you really concerned if people are escaping? They escape through football. Hmm? They escape through going to the, what do you call it, basketball? Yes. And May I also add, escape going to church? And the form of entertainment. And let's put all that aside, being concerned what other people do. Because I'm concerned, we are concerned with, with the fact, with the truth of reincarnation, right? and you want a definite answer from the speaker. What is it that incarnates? 
to incarnates to be born, right? What is it at the moment now, living now, sitting there, what is it that is living? You understand? Reincarnation means in a future life, right? I am asking, what is it that is taking place now, which is incarnation? You understand what my question? Right? What is it? Go on, sir, examine it. As we are sitting here, nothing is happening. Hmm? Very simple. You are listening to some talk or some idiocy or some rubbish, or you like what you are hearing or you don't like what you are hearing. But in our daily life, when you go away from here, what is it that is actually taking place? Which is the very movement of incarnation. You follow? Incarnation. What is it? You know it. I don't. Your struggles, your appetites, your greeds, your envies, your attachments. Hmm? Your st- you follow? All that. Is that what is going to reincarnate next life? You understand what I'm saying? Now, those who believe in reincarnation, that is to be born with all the things which I have now, all the things which we have, to be born next life, modified perhaps, and carry on life after life. That's the idea. If you really believe in reincarnation, really, it's uh, something that is alive, belief. Belief is never alive, but suppose it's tremendously alive. Then, how you are now matters much more than what will you, you will be next. You understand what I'm saying? Are you following? That is, sir, it's called in the Asiatic world karma. I won't go into all that. Which is, which means action. Not all this stuff and more action. If I live a, con- a life now in this period, with all my misery, confusion, anger, jealousy, hatred, violence. It may be modified, but it will go on next life. Right? This is obvious, if you go into all that. So there is evidence of that. Evidence of violence, evidence of remembrance of things past. You follow all this? It may be remembrance of things past, of a past life, right? That remembrance, that uh, accumulated me, this accumulation is the me, the I, the ego, the personality. That bundle 
modified, chastened, polished little bit, goes on to the next life. Right? This has evidence. Right? You're following all this? So, the question is not whether there is reincarnation. You follow? I'm very clear on this matter, please. I'm very definite. Not that there is reincarnation, but what is far more important than reincarnation is the ending of this mess, this conflict, this now. You follow it? Then you are, there's something totally different goes on. I wonder if you get all this. <coughs> it's like my being unhappy, miserable, sorrow-ridden, and I say, I hope you, next life I'll be better. Right? That hope of next life is the postponement of facing the fact now. It, <coughs> the speaker has talked a great deal to all those believers and so on who have lectured, written, talked about reincarnation endlessly. <coughs> it's part of their game. And I said, all right, sir, you believe in all that? Right. What about your, if you believe, what, what you do now matters? Right? Right, sirs? But they're not interested in that. They are interested in the future. You follow God? They don't say, look, I believe, but I will alter my life so completely there's no future. You follow the point? Don't ask them at the end of the answering this particular question, you're evading it. I'm not. I see the, the present life is all important. If you understand going into that present life with all the turmoil of it, the complexity of it, and end it, you follow? End it, not carry on with it. Then you have a you enter into a totally different world. To do to end it you must apply, you must you follow sir. Give attention, you must go after it, not just say, Well, I believe in it, reincarnation, I hope in the future something will take place. I think this is clear, isn't it? I'm not hedging. You might ask me, do I believe in reincarnation? Right? That's the question implied too. I don't believe in anything. (laughs) This is not an evasion. I have no belief. Which doesn't mean I'm an atheist, I'm ungodly and all that nonsense. To have no belief. 
go into it, sir, see what it means. It means that the mind is free from all entanglements of, of belief. What's that? Oh, that. Oh, not just, there is. You've heard of the Upanishads in India, the Upanishads, the literature of ancient India. There is a story there about death, which is incarnation or the rest. The son of Brahman, you know what Brahmana is. The father is sacrificed, giving up. He has accumulated so much, and it's one of the ancient customs and rules was that after collecting at the end of five years, you must give up everything and begin again. Would you do all that? So he had a son, and the son says to him, you are giving all this away to various people and so on. Whom are you going to give me away? To whom are you sending me? Father said, go away, I'm not, I'm, you know. So the boy comes back several times, and the father gets angry and says, I'm going to send you to death. Being a Brahmana, he must keep his word. So he sends him to death. And on his way to death, the boy goes to various teachers and says, Some say there is uh, incarnation, others say there is not. So he goes on searching and he comes to the house of death. When he arrives, death is absent. Now it's a marvelous story if you go into it. <laughs> death is absent. He waits for three days. On the third, on the fourth day, death appears and apologizes. <laughs> he apologizes because the boy was a Brahman. And he says, I'm sorry to keep you waiting. And in my regret, I offer three whatever you wish. You can be the greatest king, greatest wealth, and you can have immortal in all. He promises anything. And the boy says, I have been to all these teachers, and they all say different things. What do you say about death and what happens afterwards? So death says, I wish I had pupils like you. You understand? Who is not concerned about anything about that, except that. So he begins to talk, tell him about truth, about a state of life in which there is no time, and so on and so on. That's the story. The third extract is from the first question and answer meeting in Bombay, 1985, 
titled Does Past Suffering and Enjoyment Have Any Bearing on Present Life? Does suffering enjoy and enjoyment have any bearing on the previous life and deeds of present life? You're talking about reincarnation, aren't you? And also that's implied the word karma, cause and effect. Karma, I've been told, the root meaning of that word is action. May we go into this question seriously? Want to go into it? Not the others have not been serious. What is action? Action means to be acting, right? Not I have acted or will act. Action means now, right? Action implies, for most people, a past remembrance, a motive or a future intention or future ideal and so on. Either the past is directing, shaping the action or the future shaping the action. Right? So that's not action. I wonder if you see this. Right? Action means the doing, active present. But the active presence is denied when you have a motive, a cause for action, and <clears throat> a future action. So you are really, when you depend on the future or on the past, you are not acting. I wonder if you see this. For most of us, acting is based on memory, on emotion. Let's be quite clear and honest about it. I flatter you because I want something out of you. I love you because you have given me something. And so on. You play this game. Now, The questioner asks, have I lived on this earth before and because I haven't done things properly last life, therefore I am suffering now, and if I understand what is right action now, next life I have a better chance, a better house, a better uh, wife better refrigerators. <laughs> now, this is a really very serious question, I don't know if we should go into this. What is this Self, what is the I that says, I must continue? 
that there is a continuity from the past through the present to the future. That's one thing. Then the other is the cause, cause, effect, which is part of karma. I have sown certain seed, good or bad, and that flowers smells bad or good, and the effect is that. Now, is cause permanent and the effect also permanent, or the effect becomes the cause? And that has another effect, which then becomes the cause. So causation is a movement. Right? I wonder if you understand. It's rather interesting to go into it very carefully. The cause is I suffer from disease, one of the causes. I suffer. Suppose I have bad stomach because I've eaten wrong food, drank too much, and so on. So, if I don't eat properly, the effect is pain. Then I say that pain must be controlled. I take a pill, but the cause still goes on because I'm eating wrong food. So. There is the continuity of cause and a superficial effect. Right? But if I see the cause as eating raw food and change it, the effect is health. Health is not a, a result, it is living properly. I don't know if you follow all this. Logically it is all this. So the cause is never permanent or the effect. The effect becomes the cause. And so it's a change, it's a movement. And the question really there is, if you are interested, can this movement stop? You understand? This movement, which is Cause, effect, effect becoming cause, and so on. And this movement is of time, naturally. Right? So I'm asking, is the causation, need there be any causation for action? Right? So sleepy. Is there an action per se for itself, not for something? To understand that, I have to go into the question of reward and punishment. The human being lives on this principle, reward and punishment, like all animals do. Right? If you have had a dog, 
you reward him when he does something properly. Then you say, come to heal, and you gradually train him through reward and punishment, giving him a biscuit when he comes and you don't give him a biscuit when he doesn't. So he learns that to depend on reward and punishment. And then gradually he says, come to heal, he does. You follow? And on the same principle we work. I haven't done properly this life or past life, I'm paying for it now, but next life I'll be rewarded for behave properly. Right? So it's reward and punishment, same principle. Now, can you add, live without a motive, without this principle of reward and punishment? Go into it, see. See what, what are the implications of it. Not reincarnation, we'll go into that later. That's a very trivial matter, at least for the speaker. It's not, I won't go into it now. Because one has to go into this question what is continuity, what is ending, and what is it that continues? You understand? These three things are implied, which takes some time going to go into. We'll do it in the next two talks. So I'm, we're asking, is there action without cause? Go into it, so see, see, extraordinarily interesting it is, not just whether, they, whether you believe in reincarnation, that's rather silly. But to find out an action which has no cause, which has no motive, which has no self-interest, if there is self-interest, it's limited. If there is a motive, it is still further limitation. So action is never complete, and therefore. <coughs> brings problems, like you are doing politically. <coughs> so I am asking, is there an action per se for itself? There is, which is love. Love has no motive. Love has no reward, no punishment love. When there is that quality of love, there is right action. Right action is not born out of clever thought. Right action takes place when there is this sense of holistic love, not, I can love my wife and love mankind. Because it's love. It's not love to one and deny to the others. I wonder if you understand. That's real compassion. And when there is that compassion, there is intelligence. And that intelligence has no opposite to it.
The final extract in this episode is from Krishnamurti's third talk in Bangalore, 1974, titled You Have to Be Born Anew This Life Now. That is the question of death. It is strange, is it not, that we have divided life into living, the daily living, love something apart, and death something totally apart, all three something unrelated. Now what is death? You know, this is really a very important question, because What is it that dies? What is it that is so frightened of death? Being frightened, you believe, in any kind of fanciful imaginative imagination. You believe in reincarnation, don't you, all of you? That part of your tradition, part that gives you comfort, Mind is occupied with death. It may be far away, but it's always there. The killing and the being killed, the shedding of tears and the rationalization of those tears. This is a very complex question. If you're not tired, if you are really willing to go into this question very deeply, then you have to consider what is consciousness? Consciousness is its content. Its content make up, makes up consciousness. Please, it is not complex, it's very simple. Your consciousness is made up of its content. The content is your education. The content is your attachment to the furniture, to the family, to the name, to the tradition, to your particular experience and so on. Identification with India, with your name, with your particular experience, Identification with your house, what you, your consciousness is made up of your furniture. Do you understand this? When you are attached to your furniture, 
Your furniture is part of your consciousness. When you're frightened, when you're ambitious, greedy, envious, all that make up your consciousness. That consciousness is the me, the you, the self. The higher self, the lower self, divide the self as much as you like. It is still within the field of that consciousness. That consciousness is the know. You may not be aware of the total known, you may only be aware of the partial known. But when you examine, look, without, look at consciousness as, not as an observer, looking at the observed, but without the observer. When you look totally at this consciousness, you will see all this content, not step by little by little, but the totality of consciousness. To understand the totality of consciousness, to look at it, analysis has no place. May I go on? You're following all this? Or are you tired? Look, sir, what is my consciousness? All its content, whatever it thinks, its gods, its gurus, its books, its furniture, its house, its family, its name, all that is my consciousness. The gods which I have invented, the super Atman, the Brahman, the God, everything is within that field of the known. And the known is the me. The me that says, I am God. The me that says, I am not God. The me that rationalizes and worships the state, the me that is attached to the family, to the name, to the money, to, you know, know, I know all that. So the content of my consciousness is, is consciousness. They are indivisible. Remove the content, there is no consciousness as we know it. That is death. I wonder if you understand this. No, you don't. Look, sir. We may live a long years, 
full of travail and sorrow and pain and pleasure and fear. The body, the organism wears out through misuse, through disease, through constant conflict, inwardly. The good and the battle that goes on inwardly, the right and the wrong, the good and the bad. I am a Hindu, you are a Muslim, I am Christian, you are a Buddhist, division. The me, the we, and they, and you, conflict. Psychologically, inwardly, this conflict wears down the body constantly. And living in a polluted world as we are, the air is polluted, the sea is polluted, everything is polluted. Not only our minds, but the earth we are polluting, and the air. And the air that we breathe is destroying us. So there is disease, pollution, strife, inwardly and outwardly, waste down the body. Bad diet, overwork, overindulgence, all the rest of it. The organism must inevitably come to an end. We know that. That doesn't cause us so much fear. What causes fear is this losing consciousness as the known. I know myself. I know what I have achieved, what I have not achieved. I know my friends, my wife, my children, my, uh, my desires, my pleasures, my anxieties, my, the whole thing are so obvious, I know that. And that's my con that's the totality of my consciousness. Expand it, contract it, horizontally or vertically, it is still within the field of the known. All the movement of thought is in the field of the known. And the mind which has sought security in the known, please do listen for your life. The mind that has sought security in the known faces death. That is, it has to enter into something it doesn't know. Therefore it's frightened, not of the unknown, but losing the known. <coughs> You understand? Losing the me, losing my consciousness with all its contents, my gods, my knowledge, my wife, my children, my everything in that content of consciousness. The mind is scared, frightened, and is ready to believe that it will continue hereafter. 
Can the mind die to the known, to its content, you understand, to my furniture, to my ambition, to my gods, to my gurus, to my can I can my mind die to all that? From day to day die. And you will see, if you so die to the known, fear comes to an end. Totally. Then there is the problem, if you don't die so completely to the content of the consciousness which is the known, then what happens to people who are not free of its content? You are you've understood my question? Look, I'll put it. Are you all interested in all this? Does it mean anything to you, all this? Verbally or actually? Are you going to die to the content of your consciousness, to your gurus, to your ambitions, to your private secret desires? You won't. You won't. That's part of your conditioning, part of your death. So what happens if you do not die to the to the content of your consciousness? What happens? What is your consciousness? It's like everybody else, others' consciousness. It's the consciousness of your neighbour, who is also his gods, his thoughts, his desires, his attachment to his house. You follow? Your consciousness is the consciousness of another. You may not like it. You may think you are an extraordinary, extraordinary conscious. But you are just like your neighbour, though you have a different name, different face, different bank account, bank account. But you are just like your neighbour, who is anxious, frightened, worshipping his petty little gods, his little gurus, goes to the miracle mongers, all that. Just like everybody else. Living, please listen to this. Living, you are like everybody else, with a little temperamental changes. You may be most proficient at your profession, and so is somebody else. But below that profession, you are frightened, you are greedy, you are ambitious, you are sexual, appetite attached, like my neighbour, like everybody else, whether he lives in India, geographically, in China or in America. You have understood this? 
Your consciousness is the consciousness of your neighbour. So you are the world and the world is you. Now, what happens to that consciousness when it dies, when the physical organism dies? Knowing it is going to die, there's fear, and you have the comforting hope of reincarnation. You have never inquired what it is that reincarnates, but there is that hope. When you inquire what it is that reincarnates, what is it? Your attachments, are they? Your contents of your consciousness, your gods, your the things that you have not done, the things that you should have done, your beliefs, your ideas, your opinions, your second-hand knowledge, all that. That is me. That is you. The self. And it's if you, as you do, believe in that in reincarnation, as most of you do, it means that you will be incarnated next life differently, depending on your karma. Karma means to act. Now, cause, effect and all the rest of it. It's too long, I won't, I'll have to cut it short. Now, if you believe in reincarnation, that what you do matters enormously now, because you're going to pay for it next life. You understand all this? That means if you don't behave properly this life, you're going to pay for it next life. Right? But you don't believe so strongly. That's just an idea. Therefore you carry on with your mischief. And you believe most earnestly, oh, reincarnation, karma, all the rest of that tummy rot. Because what matters is how you behave now. That is the cause. The effect of it, not next life, in the flowering of goodness you incarnate now. Understand this, not next life. Incarnation means to reborn anew. You can't be born anew next life, you have to be born anew this life, now. That is real incarnation, not reincarnation. Therefore, what happens to those who, who have never died to the known, who are always clinging to the known, 
It's like a vast stream, isn't it? In which all human beings are caught. A stream from which my son, my brother, my wife, my husband, who have lived now are caught in the stream, and from that stream they can be evolved. They can be called. I can see my brother, my son, my wife, my husband, through a medium, through various other ways. But it's still the continuance of that consciousness with its content. Therefore, there is no release from that unless you die to the known every day. That means never be attached, which doesn't mean that you in the freedom from attachment there is no love. There is total love when you have not attached to ideas, to people, to buildings, to your job, nothing. You understand, sir? So love is as strong as death, and living is not separate from love and death. They are all one total movement. And human beings have divided it. And this, in this division there is conflict. Wherever there is division there is conflict. Nationally, when you are divided against Pakistan or Russia or whatever it is, there must be conflict. Arab and Jew, there must be conflict. And when you divide life, this life, the future life, love is something different, death is something different, all divided, then when there is division you live in constant pain, struggle and sorrow. A man who understands the total movement of life, that is living, love and death are one whole movement of existence, and that is the total meaning of life.